Father, we thank you once again for tonight. We appreciate you for the opportunity to learn at your feet, to look into your word. Sweet Holy Spirit, we ask as we delve into your word, please teach us by yourself. We are the revealer of all truth. We are the revealer of all secrets. Sweet Holy Spirit, come and reveal to us deep things in your word, deep things in the word of God. We ask Holy Spirit that you please reveal to us the very mind of God, the very mind of Christ in the name of Jesus. And at the end of this teaching, let your name alone, let the name of Christ alone be glorified. And let everyone who will be listening be blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you answer. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, so uh, this evening, like I said, we would be starting the series for the month of September where we'll be talking about uh, basically where our teachings will be based on uh, the book of Nehemiah. We trust the Holy Spirit to, to uh, cause us to learn lessons from the life of Nehemiah beginning from the first chapter to the last chapter. Okay, and I trust God to help us. Okay, and that uh, beyond the letters that we'll be reading, uh, we uh, definitely glean life from these uh, scriptures in the name of Jesus. All right, so um, basically today is going to be introductory, uh, being the first day where we look at, uh, we're going to be looking at the prayer of Nehemiah, uh, what we could learn from his prayers, what actually uh, the things that are revealed uh, through his prayer life or through the things he uttered in his prayer and what we can actually learn from it. Afterwards, uh, we look we look at the, the the people of Israel, okay. After they were released, or after the uh, uh, those who survived from captivity, and what lesson we could also learn uh, from that. Uh, of course, we must understand first of all that uh, the book of Nehemiah is is written based on the happenings that occurred after uh, after the captivity of Israel in the land of Babylon, okay. After a period of time when uh, the people of Israel were, were, were gone into captivity, okay, went into captivity and, and, and in Babylon. After 70 years, we we're going to understand that uh, they were set free, okay? And but what, what we just want to look at, or uh, the book of Nehemiah actually is based on the happenings uh, that occurred after their freedom from the land of captivity, okay? At that point in time, the thing that happened to them, uh, both the land, their land and the people, okay? and uh, how uh, Nehemiah was used by God to build back the waste places, to build back the, the city that, was, that has been demolished uh, by, by the captors, okay? And I trust God to help us as we go on in the name of Jesus. Okay, um... So we begin from chapter 1, like I said. So I'm going to be reading from verse 1. Uh, it says, the words of Nehemiah. I'm reading from NIV version. It says, the words of Nehemiah, son of Akaliah, in the month of Kislev, in the 28th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa. Now, uh, this Nehemiah speaking here. Verse 2 says, Anani, one of my brothers, came from Judah, with some other men 
and I question them. Now, this uh, Nehemiah, who was uh, the cup bearer, as we, we see, if we go scroll down to the last verse of that chapter, in verse 10, I mean verse 11, where he said he was the cup bearer of the king, who actually was serving in the palace, you know, in Susa, okay? So, but during his period of, 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 of service to the king in Susa, as one of his brothers came uh, to... Uh, to deliver to him, to, to reveal to him uh, the, the states of the children of Israel after their release from the land of captivity. Okay, so, and that was what led to the verse 2 that I'm about to read now. So, Anani, one of my brothers, this is Nehemiah speaking here, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnants that had survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. Now, there are certain things I want us to take note of in this verse too. The first one is uh, the Jewish remnants. Okay. The second one is survived the exile. Uh, uh, basically, these two things will come back to them. Okay. But they reveal to us that uh, not every one of them who went, uh, who were uh, uh, captured, who went into captivity returned. Okay. And that's why. Uh, Nehemiah spoke here about remnants. Okay, not every one of them. That means out of 100%, they just add few. Okay, when we talk about remnants, we're talking about just a few. Okay, just a very small portion, you know, compared to what uh, was, well, compared to the original thing that they had, you know, initially. Okay, so when they talk about remnants, that means a larger percentage of the people lost their lives okay in exile okay larger percentage of the people of israel when they were uh when 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 they went into captivity didn't survive it didn't survive captivity didn't survive the torture of their enemies okay but what uh before I, I could i before i'll speak more on that i would like to draw attention to some of the things that led to the captivity of the children of israel Okay, because one of the things I, I will, one lesson I want us to draw out here is the fact that the children of Israel weren't just uh, led into captivity for nothing, or they were just, they were not just led into captivity because God wanted it to be so, but they were led into captivity because uh, they 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 paved the way for captivity, you know, for themselves. They paved the way. They gave the enemy license, legal ground over their lives. You know, so many Christians, so many at times, trivialize certain things, certain issues, okay, because they look at it in, in, in a way, in, 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 from, from, from the perspective of, uh, or from, from a point, uh, from, 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 from this perspective whereby they think that um, they could actually come back, they could actually have a second chance. So many Christians today trivialize the, 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 the subject of sin, for instance, okay, they joke with it, thinking that God, or they thinking that they would have a second chance. Of course, God is a merciful God, but we must understand that, that someone else survived a particular instance or a particular situation does not guarantee that you will survive it. Okay, let me come over that again, that someone actually survived a particular situation or instance does not guarantee that you will survive it. Take, for instance, the prodigal son. 
okay? The prodigal son could have lost it forever, okay? That the prodigal son uh, had a second chance does not guarantee that the elder's elder son would have that second chance if he chose or if he, if he, if he chose to go that same way. He might lost it forever. Okay, there are so many people who actually has walked the path of destruction and never made it back. Okay, so we must understand that uh, even though every member or every citizen of, the, of, of, of Israel, of the nation of Israel, went into captivity, not every one of them survived it. Okay, only a few. Okay, and that's why it's given for them remnants, the remnants. Okay, only a few survived it, came back. Okay, so but that's not the point. Where we are going to, what actually led, okay, to their captivity? Okay, what exactly were the things that they did? And uh, what lesson can we learn from that? All right, so now going into the prayer of Nehemiah, the prayer you offered unto God for his people, the nation of Israel, okay, out of concern, okay, for his people when he had the uh, when he got the news about the very state of the children of Israel, okay. Verse 3 said, says, They said to me, now, uh. When he asked the question, Anani, one of his brothers, the question about the state of, of Israel, the remnant that survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. Now, verse 3 says, They said to me, Those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. Okay? I want us to also underline the word great trouble or the phrase great trouble and also the word disgrace okay uh we'll come back to that later on now he continued and said the wall of jerusalem is broken down and its gates and its gates its wall of its, the wall of jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire talking about the very state of jerusalem now telling us more about the condition. You know, he started and told us that those who survived the exile and are back in the province, in the place where God has ordained for them, are in great trouble and disgrace. Okay, why actually are they experiencing trouble? Why are they going through great trouble? Why are they experiencing disgrace? Even though they are in the place where God has appointed them to stay, even though they are in the place where God has ordained them to be, because we see. Down the line, the verse, uh, maybe I should just fast track and bring us back to that place uh, uh, which uh, where uh, Nehemiah spoke about the place where God actually has given to them. Verse 9 says, But if you return to me and obey my commands, then even, you, even if your exact people at their father's horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now, this was the place where God has chosen for their dwelling, okay, as a dwelling for his name. This was God's appointed place for them, okay, but in spite of the fact that it was God's appointed place for them, okay, they still experienced, they were still experiencing great trouble, they were still experiencing shame, disgrace, okay, and, and that actually, uh, 
brings out a point for every one of us. It's not enough for you to know your God-ordained calling, okay, upon your life, okay? The Word of God says the gift of a man will make, make room for him. It's not enough for you to know where God actually wants to be. It's not enough for you to secure a job, for instance. But you must understand what it takes, okay, to get the best out of that, that place God has placed you in. You must get the best. You must, you must know, you must understand what it takes to get the best out of that place. Okay? The word of God says, by knowledge is an absolute, and by understanding is it established. Okay? In spite of the fact that they were placed, you know, rightly, it still doesn't guarantee that they will get the best out of that place. Okay? It still doesn't guarantee that. Okay? So, but why actually did, were they experiencing shame? Why were they going through great trouble? Okay, he continued and he said, Because the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. The walls of protection, that which is meant to protect it, to guard it, okay, to ward off enemies from it, okay, to keep away enemies, to keep away devourers, to keep away the, the, the wild animals, okay, have been pulled down. Okay, and the very gates that is meant to serve as shield for them has been destroyed. Has been destroyed. Okay, and what actually led to the destruction of those uh, fortified, uh, 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 fortified portions of the city was 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 the attack from the enemy. Okay, that came. Okay, when they were to be led into captivity. When the enemy came and was about to take them into captivity, okay, those things were destroyed. The walls were pulled down, the gates were pulled down, physical gates. But what gave access to the enemy was their was because their spiritual guard has been let loose. Okay, their physical guards was were destroyed because they've already lost their spiritual guard. Because they've actually lost it spiritually. We will see further, okay, uh, as we go on in the prayer, as we check the prayer, the things that Nehemiah uttered, because in his prayer, we could actually catch a glimpse to what led to the captivity of the children of Israel, okay? And uh, we discover from his prayer that it was because they lost their God spiritually. That was why their physical God had no effect, of or had no effect or had no strength enough to protect them. We could see from the story of Balaam and Balak that as long as the children of Israel remained on the side of the Lord, there was nothing the enemy could do against them. Even though they, 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 Balaam tried to curse them, but because they've been blessed, because they were on the side of the Lord, because their spiritual guard had not been let loose, Okay, nothing could actually be done against them from the physical standpoint. And that was why uh, the prophet advised the king and said, as long they are on the side of the Lord, I mean, there is nothing I could do. Okay, because anytime he opens his mouth to curse them, he was always blessing them. Why? Because the children of Israel were on the side of the Lord. And until the prophet got them to sin against God, to go against the will of God, he couldn't get them, okay, he couldn't put them, get them to, I mean, cost. He couldn't place a curse upon them. He couldn't, uh, the door to the enemy, 
okay, to the king of Assyria was not open unto them, okay, was not open unto them. So we must understand first of all from this point that the gates, the physical gate and the physical wall, are. Uh, could be pulled down because their spiritual gates, their spiritual wall of protection has been destroyed. How? Let's continue uh, in, the, in, 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 in the exposition, okay, in the, in the prayer that Nehemiah uttered uh, during his communion with God. Alright, so verse 4 now says, When I heard these things, now this Nehemiah responding to the report that he got from one of his brothers, okay, Anani, a, 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 for, who came from Judah. Okay, so he said, When I heard these things, when he got this report, I sat down and wept. He said that he was burdened, he, he was concerned about the state, the well being of his people. He was not content, even though he was comfortable where he was, even though he, where he was in the palace, he, he had everything. He was in the comfort of the palace. Yet he was concerned. He felt the pain of his fellow brothers. As a fellow, as a child of God, do you feel the pain of your fellow Christian? Are you not too comfortable? that you find it so difficult to even intercede for your fellow brothers who are going through pain. Because you are not in that particular situation, because you are not the one going through pain, because you are not the one going through great trouble, just like what the children of Israel were going through, because you are not the one who is experiencing the disgrace. Are you comfortable because you are not the one going through such things? Because it has not yet gotten to your side, because it has not yet happened to you or to someone close to you, okay? Are you comfortable? Are you compliant? Are you nonchalant about the condition of your fellow brother? You see your fellow brother who is suffering and you find it difficult to help. That is not love. You can't say you love your brother and when your brother is in need and you find it difficult to help, that's not the love, God kind of love. Okay, but Nehemiah here, when he heard what they were going through, he had a genuine burden for them. Not because uh, it was not a fake one, okay, it was a genuine one. And for some days, he said, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, what were the things he uttered to God? Verse 5 says, Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandment. Now, take note of that. He said, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love. Now, love is a covenant. First of all, review to us that love is a covenant. Okay, that means, and when we talk about covenant, uh, it takes both parties that are involved in the covenant as have an obligation. So that means when you say you love God, you are, there's an obligation, there's, there's a responsibility that you have to take. There is a part for you to play, you know, when it comes to uh, your love for God. And that's why the word of God says that love is not just in word, but in deed. 
Okay, you can't say you love someone and uh, you are just uttering it, but you, you are not expressing it. Okay, our love for God is authenticated or validated by our actions towards Him. Okay, if you love me, John chapter 15 says, if you love me, Jesus Christ was telling disciples, if you love me, do my commandments. Okay, and that's why here we saw that love is a covenant. Okay, with those who love him and keep his commandments. Okay, now, because Nehemiah understood the covenant of love, he understood the true nature of love, he began from that point. Because he knew that the children of Israel had erred, had made mistake, had fallen from that perspective. He has weighed them, he understood the scale from which they have found wanting. And he began from that point, uh, that uh, from that point of love covenant, okay, showing to God that he understood what it takes, what it means when our love is involved. Now verse C says, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites. Now if you look at the word he was using here, even though it was not part, it was not part of them, it was not in them, in uh, with them at that particular point in time, he still made himself to be among them, to be one of them. Okay? He bared their body. Okay? He bared their body. You can't truly, you can't be a true savior. You can't truly be a savior if you are not willing to identify with the problem of those you want to save. Okay? If you are not willing to identify with the problem of those you want to save. Jesus Christ was able to save the whole world. Why? Because he was willing to identify with the nature of man. He bore everything. Okay? He was, he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Okay, so when you, when you talk about you being able to, to rescue, to lend an epina, it takes a compassionate heart. It takes a heart that truly feels what they feel. It takes someone who actually has the capacity to put himself in the shoe of others, to truly help appropriately. And that's why you talk about compassion. Compassion talks about the ability to put yourself, to feel. It's a, it's, 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 it's a gift to feel what others feel. Okay, you know, it's been said that you, you can't really feel what other feel, you don't know, but they can get to a point, you know, genuinely in your spirit, man, where you feel how others feel. And because of that, you can truly help or lend a helping hand at that particular point. So, Nehemiah actually identified with the children of Israel. He identified with their, with, with their problems. He identified with their challenges. He identified with the disgrace, just like what Moses did. If you look at every deliverer, before they could be fit or, or to be qualified to deliver or to rescue a people, they must be willing to identify with them. And that was why, like Moses did, he left everything he had, the opportunities he had in the palace. Okay, it was the very head to the throne. He left it, okay, just to suffer, to identify with the people of Israel. Because if he, if, if he didn't get to that point, if he doesn't have that body, it will be difficult for him to truly or genuinely lead them out of captivity in the land of Egypt. So we also could learn from here that uh, he identified with them. And that's why he said that we, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself, now can you see now, and my father's family have committed against you. 
Now, in verse 7, he continues his prayer in communion with God. He said, We have acted very wickedly towards you. We have not obeyed the commands, decrees, and laws you gave your servant Moses. Remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, If you are unfaithful, now this is where I'm going to, I will scatter you among the nations. He understood it. He knew what the word of God said. He knows the covenant. I mean, you can't truly say you are in love with someone when you don't know the person. It takes understanding for love to run smoothly. When understanding is lacking, when there is no memorandum of understanding, like it's been said in the business world, okay, love cannot run smoothly. Okay, because love is a covenant. And before any covenant can be in place or can 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 stand, okay, or can work effectively, understanding is required. Alright, okay, so he said, remember the instruction you gave your servant Moses, saying, just like what the word of God says, saying, bring to my remembrance, he said, come, let us reason together. Reasoning with God, bringing his strong reasons, okay, bringing the word of God to him, reminding him of his instruction, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. Verse 9 now says, but if you return to me and obey my commands, then even if your exiled people are the farthest horizon, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place I have chosen as a dwelling place, okay, for my name. Now, you understood that the children of Israel was able to, 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 to be delivered or were able to, to escape, okay, their captors because, uh, uh, they return to God. Now, if you remember in the book of Daniel, where Daniel, after after the time that was appointed for them to spend in, in Babylon, turned his face and returned to God and began to make pleadings and begin to pray, begin to make groanings and begin to fast, okay, for the people of Israel. You know, there was a returning in their heart. There was an acknowledgement at that point. And that was what actually led, okay, to their deliverance at that point in time. So, Nehemiah understood the times. He understood the patterns. He understood what happened. He understood what led to their captivity. Okay? And from his prayer we saw, he said, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nation. He knew from the law. That means what led to the captivity of the children of Israel was their unfaithfulness. Unfaithfulness in their dealings with God. Unfaithfulness in, in, in their service to God. Unfaithfulness in going after other idols. Unfaithfulness in, in their ingenuity towards their service towards God. Okay, to God. Unfaithfulness. Are you unfaithful as a child of God? Are you the kind of person who says, who is always saying it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Our God is a consuming fire. But because our judgment does not come upon you, instantly you make that mistake. Because you are in the era of grace, that the Holy Spirit is there to warn you, to correct you, to instruct you in love. You are adamant, and you are just like, okay, you know, you still keep working in unfaithfulness. Okay, the word of God says there is a path that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Okay, the children of Israel lost it, they were in captivity. And that's why the book of Isaiah says that shall the, lawful, shall, shall, shall the captive be delivered, even the very lawful captive. Okay, shall the prey be delivered from the hand of the mighty? And just to a point, I say that even the lawful captive shall be delivered. That means uh, there's a point whereby someone can be loved, can be cap, can be go into captivity lawfully, where that person actually paved the way or opened the door to the enemy. 
So many Christians have opened the door to the enemy. So many people are experiencing shame, are experiencing disgrace, are experiencing great trouble because they have legally opened the door to the enemy. They have used their hands to pave the way, okay, through their their sinful habits. They've dipped their hands to certain things that have given the enemy legal ground over their life. Okay, not because it is the will of God for them, but because they have actually willfully invited evil spirits, invited the spirit of shame, invited the spirit of disgrace over their life. What exactly is it that you are doing? God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. So, God is just, is righteous. Okay? Whatsoever thing you are going through that is not palatable, that is not in conformity with the life of God or with the plan of God for your life, then you need to check yourself. Probably you have breached the agreement of love, the covenant of love, okay, at some point. Probably you have done something you are not supposed to do at some point. This is the time, okay, to, 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 to reflect. It's a time of reflection, to look into our heart, to look genuinely inwardly. And check what exactly are the things that you are doing. Have you opened the door for the devourer? Maybe that's why you are experiencing a downward turn in your business, and a downward turn in your finance. Have you opened the door for the devourer? Maybe that's why you are experiencing a downward turn, a decline in your health, in your family. Inwardly, inwardly, check inwardly. Because we saw here that the children of Israel were led into captivity, their spiritual wall and gates were pulled down because they opened the door legally for the enemy. As I round up, looking at the few things we've discussed today, looking inwardly into your life, okay, uh, looking uh, back into how you've lived your life, okay, and uh, comparing with your experiences or the experience that you have today, okay, because you understand that where we are today is a function of the decisions we made yesterday. And where we will be tomorrow is a function of the decision we make today. So looking at your life, you know, in retrospect, have you actually been working with God uh, faithfully? God is a faithful God. Of course, He's faithful even when we are not faithful. Okay, even when we, sometimes we, 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 we are not faithful to the terms, okay, of the covenant, okay? And like I said, let's not forget that love is a covenant, okay? Because it's our understanding of love from this perspective that uh, place on us the responsibility, okay? Place on us the responsibility uh, or opens our eyes to the responsibilities we need to be able to take uh, for our relationship with God to work smoothly or to work very fine, okay? So, looking inwardly into your life, have you been working right with God, okay? Or, just like Abraham, is God saying to you once again, after he has appeared to him, walk before me and be thou perfect, okay? Have you opened the door to the enemy, okay? The things that you are doing, the things you are engaged in, okay? Your lifestyle, the things you are, the decisions you've made in the past, are they, uh, are, 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 they, are they opening the door, okay, to the enemy? Have they destroyed your spiritual uh, protection, your spiritual walls and gates, or they are strengthening them? Are they, go, are they making you vulnerable to the enemy, to the attacks of the enemy, or, uh, they, are, or they are doing otherwise, okay? So I just want us to reflect on some of these things 
that, that I've mentioned during the course of the teaching. Uh, next week, we'll speak more on uh, the, the mission of Nehemiah, uh, how we embarked on it, the distractions that came from uh, on his way, and other lessons that we could learn from it. I pray that God will help us as we go through this uh, brief teaching. And uh, beyond the words that have been spoken, the life of God will, will come upon every listener in the name of Jesus. And our life will not remain the same. And for every circumstance, for everyone that is experiencing a downward turn in whatever aspect of their life, because of the grace of God that is available at this moment, okay, such circumstance will turn around for good in the name of Jesus. For as many that are trusting God for a second chance, God will grant unto you such chance in the name of Jesus, and none of you will waste away. In the name of Jesus, Thank you, Father, because you've answered. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you very much for joining us tonight for the uh, OBS. God bless you.